You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sign up with MyBookie. Use our promo code GATORS to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. And you can still take advantage of Manscaped's Black Friday sale, 25% off your entire order, plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use promo code GATORSBREAK20. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Let's talk about a victory, why don't we? Gators, get back on the winning side here of the Power 5 opponent and beating in-state rival FSU 24-21. Both teams kind of trending in the wrong direction coming into the game or, you know, in opposite directions coming into the game, I should say. But the Gators come out on top and beat with interim head coach Greg Knox beats Mike Norvell and Florida State there. 24-21, some drama at the end, some laughter at the end, <laughs> we should say, how this game ended. Uh, for uh, on the Florida State side, but Gators get one they absolutely needed just for some for some fan morale. Uh, we, we were able to celebrate uh, a victory, getting bowl eligible uh, for the Gators, whatever that means to you, of course, with the coaching changes and stuff coming up. But Gators, you know, it kept keeps FSU from getting bowl eligible, so you can uh, uh, laugh and joke about that as well. But Gators uh, get a victory there, and I tell you what, uh, a way to end the regular season. Uh, with, uh, on a positive note, everything going around, good for those players to go out there and perform and get a victory over the in-state rivals. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to shout out Gator Nation, shout out Gator fans. I'm, as soon as you could, as soon as you hit Gainesville, you could tell uh, traffic was worse for most, most noon games as it is. You know, in-state rival, Florida State noon game, but showed up to the tailgate eight eight thirty. Uh, already going full blast. The atmosphere on campus uh, was it had a big game feel, even though both teams were five and six. Uh, it had that you know not traditional Florida Florida State feel, but it had a quote unquote big game feel. Uh, 
swamp was full, a little slow, but expected for a noon game after Thanksgiving. And it's just kind of a Florida thing, but stadium was full. Atmosphere was great. Crowd was great. It was good to see, you know, these seniors, this team for all the troubles uh, that have faced them this year that they have faced this year to go out, in a full swamp for the last time and then go get a victory uh, over, over Florida state. So the atmosphere was awesome uh, there for just the situation uh, that, you know, Florida's in uh, Dan Mullen on the sideline, Greg Knox there, uh, all the you know, ugliness that we've seen this year on the, on, on the field and just credit to Gator nation one more time uh, for, for going out there and supporting those guys. Uh, it, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun for the final time in the swamp in the 2021 season. Glad everybody showed up. We all love football. That's why you're listening. That's why I do this. And to have that atmosphere one more time after missing in 2020, uh, of course. So I think you know, we were able to take advantage this year, took advantage one last time, and really, really great to see there. Uh, and then we get the the drama of the game. Florida, of course, uh, should have been able to break away. Never really did uh, in the first half. Did a bit in the second half, uh, but thankful for the drama a little bit because we get the uh, the joke that will live forever uh, here in this Florida-Florida State rivalry. The whiff on the onside kick, and I've seen it thrown around out there. Darren Heitner was the first one I saw it, but the whiff at Ben Hill Griff. I mean, <laughs> that onside kick. I mean, look, I, 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 a little sad that we let FSU come back, but at least we got that payoff. At least we got the payoff of that over a rivalry game or in a rivalry game and got to see the an onside kick that goes about six inches uh, and pretty much spelled the end of the game for FSU. So we will joke that will be a, a gift that lives forever, a joke that lives forever in this rivalry. Uh, you had to choke it dope for Florida in the 90s, of course, a lot more riding on the line there. Uh, but for this one, it's uh, it, it won't be forgotten. This was a, a way, uh, man, I understand. Uh, yeah, sad that, you know, I would have loved the Florida just to demolish FSU all the way throughout. You know, they, they had that long drive in the fourth quarter to really uh, make some late dramatics. Uh, but the dramatics ended uh, with that uh, that onside kick. So, oh, I and mean, if you, you have to feel sick if you're an FSU fan coming back and then the, ending like that. But, you know, with that, we get a joke that will live forever on the Gator side. So Greg Knox beats Mike Norvell. Frustrating performance, of course, as the Gators uh, were you're playing, like I said, pretty good early on uh, or had their chances early on. Mistakes piled up, turnovers, penalties, uh, penalties again, turnovers again, of course, the theme for this season. So only, right, I guess we get it in the last game of the season, but the Gators overcome that, get the victory there. But just a lot of the same stories uh, from the entire season. So we'll get in the game here, of course, Florida 24 FSU 21. We'll go back and look at the game a bit. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna go over a victory. You know, we didn't have as many as we wanted to this year. It is a win over a rival. I know they're the big news now and title of the episode, of course, the focus is shifting to the coaching search now, and rightfully so. Uh, but we will go back and, and look at this victory over FSU a bit and then get the latest uh on the coaching search, mainly focused on um, Billy Napier right now. So we'll see uh, where it goes. I'll uh, update you guys with the latest uh, here on this Sunday of uh, the day after Florida, Florida State. So a big day here uh, in far, as far as the coaching search goes, and I'll get into that. But let's talk about the victory. 
Let's talk about this victory over Florida State before we get to the coaching portion of this. There you go. Your full stats right here. We'll take a look at that, and then we'll get into the story of the game. Florida outgains Florida State 357 yards to 348. The Gators 218 passing yards to FSU 203. If you're watching the YouTube version, first of all, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, but you also get the graphic version. Uh, keep along much better with the, the stats and the numbers here. Um, FSU did outgain Florida on the on the ground, 145 yards to 139 for Florida. But if you're looking here, I mean, the big thing for Florida, 13 penalties, 107 yards. Uh, that's, you know, kind of uh, what we've seen this season, something we haven't seen under a Dan Mullen-led team, uh, a Dan Mullen, you know, coach team. Granted, this is still his staff, it's still his players, and this is just a continuation of this season here. 13 penalties, 107 yards. FSU, not much better. Uh, they were you know, kicking themselves in the first half with a lot of penalties as well. They ended the game nine penalties, 89 yards. Both teams tied for first downs, 23 apiece. Uh, Florida, 11 to 19 on third down. Probably one of their, I have to go back and look, but probably one of the best third down performances on offense for the Gators this season uh, in the third down defense. Shows up again two weeks in a row now uh, under Christian Robinson there. Five of 12 for FSU on third down. Total plays, Gators had more total plays, 77 to 66. FSU did have a better average yard per play, 5.3, 4.6 there, uh, and you know, mostly in the rush, rushing performance there. If you uh, want to look at the um, sack adjust yardage there, uh, you, you can see it there. So, uh Red zone performances, I'll let you know in the preview that FSU's red zone offense, pretty good. And they continued that. Three of three in the red zone, four to three for four, uh, taking advantage there. The one uh, Emory Jones interception um, really hurts uh, for, for, for Florida there uh, when, when you look at it. But, um, yeah, turnovers, three apiece for both teams. Uh, not a very clean performance by either team. Uh, only a touchdown for both teams off of turnovers, off of those, uh, off of those turnovers uh, there. So Florida State four fumbles, but only lost one. Florida had two fumbles there, lost none. Thankfully, uh, Gators continuing tackles for loss, getting in the backfield. FSU was really good coming into this game too, getting in the backfield, but only six tackles for loss for them uh, compared to Florida's eight. The Gators had four sacks on the day. We'll get into more about that with Brenton Cox's performance uh, there for four sacks for the Gators. FSU, they were getting a lot of pressure on the Florida quarterbacks, but only came up with one sack there. So probably a big difference in the game there when you come back and look at, uh, look at it. Uh, they still forced those turnovers on Emory. Like I said, a lot of pressure on both quarterbacks, Emory and AR uh, there, but only able to come up with one sack was FSU. All right, before we move on now, let's take a look at the detailed offensive statistics for the Gators. Emory Jones, 16 to 24, 163 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Big, big, big story of the game uh, right there. Led the way eventually for Anthony Richardson to take over as he goes five of seven, 55 yards, one touchdown pass, a beauty to Justin Shorter. 21 to 31 for both quarterbacks, 218 yards, two touchdown passes, and the three interceptions from Emory Jones. Looking at the rushing statistics here, you can follow along on YouTube. Damian Pierce, 12 carries, 62 yards, one touchdown. What a performance by him. 
a very passionate, heartfelt performance on him on the field, a very tough, bruising performance there by Damian Pierce, just ready uh, to knock any Seminole in his way out of the way. And he did that multiple times. That one drive, he just completely took over uh, there. It was uh, a, a sight to see. It wasn't doing much before that drive, but he just completely takes over. Uh, the, the one drive, his helmet comes off, should that dumb penalty there that college football needs to change, uh, of course. But Damian Pierce led the way for the Gators with 62 yards on the ground. Not much there for anyone else. Anthony Richardson, only you know 11 attempts for only 27 yards. His first attempt tweaks his knee, comes out for uh, the, the first half. Lee Davis, three yards of carry on eight attempts, 24 yards. Jimmy Jones did some okay things on the ground, five attempts for 23 yards. But not much there uh, at, uh, overall. Malik Davis leads the way with four catches on the day, 44 yards, uh, along with 22, of course. Kamori Gamble, big day, three catches, 80 yards, one touchdown, had that 147-yard catch and run. Jacob Copeland with three catches. Rick Wells with three catches. Zipper or Shorter, Whittemore, right, all with two catches. Justin Shorter, of course, with the beauty of a catch from a beauty of a throw from Anthony Richardson. So there is your rundown of the stats for Florida versus Florida State. So let's get into the story of the game a little bit. You know, now for Florida, with that performance, now outgained 11 of the 12 opponents this year. (laughs) Uh, You can't make it up. Six and six record, but Florida outgained 11 of the 12 opponents. The only time Florida was outgained was the South Carolina game. Makes sense of it. <laughs> That's why Florida's searching for a new coach. FSU averaged 382 yards on the season coming in. They only gained 348. So the Gator defense held FSU under their season average coming into the game. Not many explosive plays overall in the game for the Gators. It still came out with a victory there. Only four in the air and four on the ground for the Gators. Four passes of at least 15 yards. Uh, So, you know, that's that's what what it was for the Gators. Four passes of at least 15 yards. Had the 47-yard catch and run. Touchdown from Emory to Gamble on the first drive of the game. That's the longest of Kamori Gamble's career. So there. But only three more for the rest of the game. A 17-yarder, 25-yarder, and 22-yarder. So not much as far as downfield throwing for the Gators. Of course, kind of been an issue all year of uh, not being able to test the ball much down the field. And even when they are coming, that didn't really change too much. We'll get into it. He just took care of the ball. Uh, so, of course, uh, two of those explosives through the air were with the Emory at quarterback, but you did have the catch and run of Kamori Gamble. But, you know, that was why the frustration uh, with Emory there, just a constant inconsistency. And uh, why the you know the frustration did some good, but did, followed up with some bad. The interceptions there, just the inconsistency. Run game wasn't much better overall. Uh, continues to struggle overall. Only three runs of um, you know twelve, three runs to twelve yards. Then the longest being a seventeen yard run by Richardson as well. So only four explosives. Uh, that's runs of ten or more yards. That was the lack of explosives by the Gator offense. So eight total four on each ground in the air. So Florida was just able to you know, drive down the field methodically, finally limited the turnovers in the second half. Pretty much the difference in the game, not turning the ball over. 
uh, there for the Gators. So, of course, uh, we'll get into that storyline as well uh, with, with the quarterbacks and some more takeaways from the game. But before we get there, everybody's trying to cash in on the next best crypto. But if you want a guaranteed way to double your money, then all you need to do is use promo code GATORS at MyBookie. It's simple. Sign up at MyBookie with promo code GATORS and get your first ever deposit immediately doubled all the way up to $1,000. Quick turnaround for your investment. NFL playoff race is heating up. College championship, football week, college bowl season comes up. That's all around the corner. So double your firepower at MyBookie. Get on the action for the most important games of the season. Build your own props. Create multi-game parlays. And take part in a host of MyBookie cash prize contests. This is the best time of the year to both watch and bet on sports because you know who the winners are by now. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit by using promo code GATORS and keep your eyes peeled for more exclusive holiday promotions coming at you soon from mybookie.ag. Bet on anything, anywhere, anytime at mybookie. And it is still, you can still take advantage of it, guys, right now. Manscaped.com, Black Friday sale. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their grooming needs. Save even more now with 25% off plus free shipping with code GATORSBREAK20. Still the same code, but you get even you get 5% more off now. 25% off using code GATORSBREAK20 by going to manscaped.com. First off, when you use this for the Performance Package 4.0, you get everything there. Fourth generation waterproof trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It also includes the Weed Whacker, the best nose and ear trimmer out there. After trimming your football, show them some love with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, here to take your ball game to the next level. Manscaped even throws in two free gifts in the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shared Travel Bag. Grab this deal while you can. Get 25% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. 25% 25% off still for this Black Friday sale plus free shipping with the code Gators Break 20. All right, let's get into the game a little bit more. And oh man, I was I, I was hoping for a better performance for for Emory Jones and us. Uh, what could be, you know, we'll see what happens after this season. Maybe last game in the swamp, uh, his final season taking uh, over for Kyle Trask, um, or final game in taking over for Kyle Trask this season. Uh, hoping for a better performance. And we didn't even know earlier in the week if he'd play or not. Monday he gets injured uh, and misses practice on Tuesday. Comes back in a limited role on Wednesday. Still gets to start. Coach and staff still throws him out there. Gets to start over Anthony Richardson. But, you know, the offense early on, a combo of wasting great field position and turnovers in the first half. And as Emory Jones throwing those interceptions. Uh, and once the bad play started for Emory, it just, it just wouldn't stop. It snowballed. Uh, the flea flicker interception thrown too late while trying to take a shot under pressure. Played this to way too long. Uh, the second interception telegraphed the entire time while looking to his left. Linebackers over there uh, covering Malik Davis. Easy interception, just steps right in front of the ball. Emory Jones throws. And the third, it can't, you can't throw it. You cannot throw an end zone interception. Uh, just a bad throw. Uh, in the end zone, the, the inconsistency of Jones' physical ability on display right there. Uh, just a bad throw. Uh, and then you just, you know, you saw some good, but just the inconsistency all, uh, that, that has plagued him all year showed up here versus FSU, a game that Florida could have pulled away in the first half. 
uh, with the way they were shutting down FSU's offense, Florida driving the ball, uh, starting in great field position as well, uh, not, not able to do anything uh, as far as taking advantage of great field position and then turning the ball over when they actually did move the ball. I mean, he even got a turnover early in the game and only threw it on to throw it right back to FSU uh, as well. So you just weren't getting much there. Uh, Anthony Richardson gets hurt on the first play uh, that he comes in for the first third down in the game. He runs, uh, tweaks his knee, goes to the medical tent, comes back out. Um, probably could have played in the first half, you think, you know, but Greg Knox says he was told that Anthony could play after halftime. They said he was told in the locker room by the trainers that he was cleared to play. Emory Jones still trots out there on the you know, first drive of the second half. Terrible throw. He just throws right into the back of an FSU defender. For whatever reason, that was the final straw. I don't know why he didn't make the change at halftime. But Anthony Richardson comes in, saves the drive, skater score. But, um, you know, he, unfortunate for Emory Jones. But for fortunate for the Gators that Anthony Richardson can come in, kind of kind of save the day, put up some points and build a big enough lead where FSU cannot come back. Anthony Richardson takes over. Florida scores three of the first four drives when Richardson takes over. And look, he just played smart. Uh, made the right decisions when to throw and when to take off. The stats won't blow you away. Uh, but he just he didn't make the mistakes. He didn't make the interception mistakes that Emory Jones did and led to scores for the Gators. You know, one touchdown, just that pretty pass is just over the FSU defender. I mean, fingertip there um and justin short there and we really love to see the explosive plays that we saw earlier this season in the lsu the second half of the lsu game sure sure but he just needed to play mistake free football florida was moving the ball uh for most of the first half just did not need to mess it up he played mistake free football and that would be enough for the gators running back damian pierce um continuing here with the offense he found the end zone with a three-yard rushing touchdown in the third quarter to bring his season total to 15 touchdowns, 12 rushing, three receiving. His 15 total touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns are both tied for eight in a uh, yeah tied uh, eight in a single season for in school history there. So good for him. 15 touchdowns uh, are the most in a season by a Gator player since Percy Harvin had 17 in 2008. 15 touchdowns, Damian Pierce. But the most since Percy Harvin scored 17 in the 20 in the 2008 season. His 12 rushing touchdowns were the most in a single season by a Gator since Kelvin Taylor rushed for 13 in 2015. So knocking on the doorstep there. Entered the game ranked third in the SEC in touchdowns with 13. So there we go. Took Pierce just 85 carries to get the 12 rushing touchdowns in 2021. Here's the aggravating part of this stuff. Pierce had double-digit carries for the first time this season. Final game, 12th game of the season. Finally hit double-digit carries. 12 times, 62 yards there for Damian Pierce. But, man, what a performance by him. Last time we'll see him in the swamp in a Gator uniform. Uh, you could tell he felt it. Went out there, just punished. Punished FSU on that one drive. Uh, got that. I, college football's got to do something with that penalty of – playing without a helmet. Is he supposed to just stop and get hit? I mean, defenders aren't stopping. They're still going after him, too. I just – I don't get – I know it's in the name of safety, but there's got to be – I just think get rid of the penalty. Call the play dead. That's what needs to happen. Just call the play dead. 
But if God's going to sit there and continue going, that's dumb. There's, there should be no penalty for a player to continue going. If for, first of all, to me, it's still of a defense mechanism, so he doesn't get hurt. But to just sit, sit there, stay still, let defenders come at you and hit you? Yeah. And look, that's not just because it happened to Florida. It's just a dumb rule in college football to begin with. There should be no penalty for a guy going out there and continuing to play. I mean, it's an extra, what, two seconds, three seconds at the most? Come on. So, college football needs to look at look at that rule again and, and, and change it. That's just uh, – that was – I guess, you know, get off my lawn moment maybe a little bit, but <laughs> I think a lot of people will agree uh, with, with that one. Okay, let's go to the other side of the ball before we get off here on talking about this game, the, the defense. Um, Byron Todd Grantham, pitiful, pitiful performance versus Sanford. Still, still an inexcusable performance versus Sanford just because of who you were playing. But credit given, too, for the last couple of weeks. Um, going back and looking at the performances versus LSU and Georgia and South Carolina and those teams just being able to run the ball over Florida, then Sanford coming in and just throwing the ball over Florida. Okay would have been easy to see why you don't expect performance better performances by by against Missouri and FSU to end the season, especially in the run run defense department. But playing against some pretty good running backs that could take advantage of a Florida defense if they were not prepared, like we saw versus LSU, Georgia, and South Carolina. But they were prepared, and they were able to go out there and pretty much be a difference in, in these last couple of games. If the Florida defense had played like those games I mentioned, they lose worse versus Missouri and they lose versus Florida state, but no, they showed up. They showed up two games in a row to end the season. Did a great job for most of the game. Did let FSU call back, but stood strong all day while the offense was turning the ball over in the first half, not taking advantage of great field position. If we have gotten any type of performance like we had seen most of the year. Florida loses this game. But the defense stood tall most of the day. Very, very aggressive up front. Um, showed great pursuit. Created their turnovers, their own turnovers as well. Jordan Travis, FSU's quarterback, did cause the defense some issues with his legs. He had 202 yards through the air, uh, but it was his 102 yards on the ground that really boosted FSU's offense, made a difference uh, there. I you know, said in the preview, this is going to be by far the best mobile quarterback Florida has faced all season, and, and it, it proved to be that. Florida State had 348 yards of offense. Not a bad, you know, that's you hold an offense that at any day, you're going to win a whole lot of football games. Uh, Florida State, 340 yard, 348 yards of offense. Travis was responsible for 304 yards of that <laughs> through the air on the ground. The rest of the FSU run game, they couldn't sustain much on the uh, against that Gators front. Uh, but, it, you know, and it counts there at the end, but, you know, 92 of FSU's total yards. Coming out of their last 16 play drive of the game. So as I said, most of the most of the day, Florida's defense stood tall, let FSU use a much more time than they really wanted to at the end. You know, 16 plays, still a little over three minute drive uh, there. But you know, they didn't 348 yards on the day for FSU, like I said, but 92 on that final drive. Looking at some player performance here, Brenton Cox, four sacks, a career high for him. You know, had his Inconsistent performance a little bit, too, of course, uh, out of position a lot, but in the backfield, creating terror a whole lot there uh, in the backfield. Program record, four sacks. Since sacks became an official NCAA statistic in 2000. 
of course, the year before that, Alex Brown had five versus Tennessee in 99. But it wasn't a it, that was not an uh, an official statistic for the NCAA. Sacks weren't until 2000. So when you look at it, Britton Cox's name will sit there because of his four sack performance uh, when NCAA decided to keep statistics for sacks. Uh, but one sack behind Alex Brown performance versus Tennessee in 99 that we all remember there. So I thought the linebackers played a pretty good game too. Hopper, Bernie uh, showed some great pursuit, filling gaps in their own game, especially Hopper there. Uh, Bernie's pursuit a good bit in this game. Uh, really like Hopper's progression so far this year. One of the bright spots uh, for that Gator defense, getting him some more play in time, learning on the fly, but really, really, uh, I thought, performed at a as, as a true linebacker for this Gator defense. Uh, the more playing time he got, the better he got. And Bernie played one of his better games in his last home game in a swap. So good to see there as well from him um, going out in style uh, for him. Linebacker, linebacker Mamou Diabate, six tackles to bring his season total to a team leading 89. So in the regular season, Mamou Diabate is your leading tackler with 89. And defensive back, way to go. Jason Marshall, his first career interception. What an interception by him. The FSU wide receiver pulling, tugging, pushing Jason Marshall. Should have been offensive pass interference. He comes down with the interception anyway. So good performance there by the true freshman. Played a lot this season. We'll see a lot more of his face in the, in the coming years. But Jason Marshall making a big play versus FSU. Big FSU's going deep, trying to make a big play. As I said, he's pushed, pulled, and tugged. Comes up with the interception anyway. And for Jason Marshall, it's a big time, big time play by him. All right. There's your look back at the FSU game. Uh, going back and look, <laughs> just uh, all the uh, after that 92 yard drive uh, for FSU, they get a chance for the onside kick and they try the you know the trick where you line up two kickers, one supposed to fake the kick while another one does actually make the kick, uh, and just just brushes it, and boom, game kind of game over. Six inch onside kick. <laughs> that will live in infamy there in this rivalry. So there we go. Florida 24, FSU 21. That's how the Gators end the season. Six and six, getting bowl eligible. And we'll keep our ears out for that. Um, that, that announcement won't come until after next week, conference championship week, of course. So Gators 24, FSU 21. And now the focus shifts to the coaching search. And the hot name, Billy Napier out there, of course, on this Sunday, day after Florida, Florida State, I would say he's going to still trending in the right direction. Like there'll be a meeting between Scott Strickland and Billy Napier on this Sunday. Uh, there's your update there, hopefully, to finalize everything. And hopefully we'll hear something in the next day or two of where this is going to go. I think we'll get our answer really soon of whether Billy Napier is going to be the next head coach at Florida or something happens and Florida will have to move on. But I do think trending in the right direction, meeting between Strickland and Napier today on this Sunday, and hopefully to finalize the contract there, uh, and he'll become the next coach at the University of Florida. A lot of a lot is being made of Lincoln Riley coming out and saying he's not going to be the head coach at LSU. LSU, from what we can understand, has not shown much interest in Billy Napier so far. But as their top targets, Jimbo Fisher, Lincoln Riley, continue, the word is, you know, continuing to not be 
in position to take over for LSU. They're not leaving Texas A&M. They're not leaving Oklahoma. So as they keep saying, though, where does LSU go after that? Do they circle around to Billy Napier? I know a lot of people are assuming that happens. Not so sure it still does. Uh, and I think a lot of this, what we're going to hear is agents are going to do their job. Jimmy Sexton is going to do his job. He may even use whether LSU has interest in Billy Napier or not. He can make it pretend. He can uh, pretend that's the case and either get more demands for Napier for, from Florida, buyout talk, contract talk, you know, all this agent workings here can be can be in play here with LSU kind of just hanging over the whole conversation here and as you guys have heard you know the Raging Review podcast Josh came on uh, last week he says Napier wouldn't have any interest in the LSU job uh, so you know we'll, we'll take him at his word for that right now uh, and we'll uh, I think still need to follow this whole Billy Napier uh, story like I said I think we'll we should if Napier's going to be the guy, we're here very soon. We'll either hear on this Sunday, we'll hear on Monday. Uh, I think you know this Sunday will be used for the final negotiation tactics for both sides. Hopefully, get pen to paper. Hopefully, an agreement's in place, and we have our answer for who's going to be Florida's next head coach. Uh, so this Sunday, I think, is a big, big day. It's about midday here uh, as we record this episode. So by the time you listen here, maybe Florida has an answer. Maybe Billy Napier's given Florida an answer. Uh, so hopefully it won't be completely old news here, but that's the the latest there. Uh, there from everything I've been told, meeting on Sunday, and I would bet that's to finalize everything. So we we'll, should be getting our answer soon. And if not, where does Florida go next? That will be the big question, of course. But that's where it stands right now. So there we go. Florida, 24-21, victory over FSU. Coaching search update, that's where it's at right now with Billy Napier. He's still the name at the top. He's still the name trending. I think a lot, there's been some conversations uh, behind the scenes there of Napier uh, finding out uh, more about the Florida job. Uh, Florida could have an unsung hero here. I mentioned it in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord chat last night. He's very close to Jim McElwain. Coach with Jim McElwain in Alabama. Went to him at Colorado State. Um, discussions there of what needs to change at Florida behind the scenes. What is Napier? Napier is doing his due diligence, researching this job like he should as a head coach to make Florida, if he comes, the best it can be. So he's got to use every resource. And there was one resource that he's very close to in Jim McElwain from him being the head coach here. And what needs to change behind the scenes of Florida for Florida to be successful? That's what Billy Napier is trying to figure out. And I think he get, you know, got, some, got some answers behind the scenes of what needs to change as far as recruiting approach, who needs to be involved in the program, who does not need to be involved in the program. And then go from there. So that's where this one stands right now. Gut feeling. I've been asked this a lot. Gut feeling on this whole coaching search. I think it ends pretty soon with Billy Napier. I think he'll be the next head coach. Could be that's just a educated guess right now. Nothing confirmed, nothing signed, nothing delivered. That's just where we're at right now, midday Sunday. 
gut feeling, that's where it ends up. Think Billy Napier. And look, that's not a big surprise, not a big news, not breaking anything <laughs> right, right there. A lot of people will sit there and say the same thing uh, there, no matter who you talk to. So that's where I think it stands. It's where some of it, I know it stands right now. Sorry, everybody. Thanks for hopping on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Looking back at the victory over FSU coaching search update. And we'll see where it goes. I think uh, we'll, as far, we may not have our final answer soon. If Billy Napier is the guy, we'll have the answer soon. If he's not the guy, then probably we'll continue on to some other candidates out there. But I think this gets wrapped up pretty soon here. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Stay tuned. If anything happens, I'll be on here. We'll break it down. We'll talk about it as far as coaching search goes. But guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.